This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You ruined my night completely so you could have the money. But I hope now you spend it on getting some lessons in grace and decorum. Because you have all the grace of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Fade, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. So hello and thank you for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red Turn People Development. It's been another incredible week following the town, but after Blade running a championship side to a replay, it is no time to play silly billies as Wrexham focus on the important stuff this weekend. If you're looking to wipe that sharp, bitter taste away from your mouth, then I've got just the treat. Welcome back to a man who, unlike a certain striker, is salty by name rather than by nature. Hello, Nathan. How are you doing? Welcome back to the pod. I'm thrilled to be back on. I was a bit wary when I was seeing the viewing figures or the listening figures, should I say, go through the roof in my absence. Hope that is just a coincidence. Uh, well done in my absence, which I should say, patting, virtually patting you on the back. Uh, thanks so much to everyone who listened to the Sean Harvey interview. That was really interesting. And gave us lots of insight. And then Andrew Pard, a fine uh, a fine deputy. I don't even want to call him a deputy because he was very good and he performed admirably in my absence. But glad to be back on. And yeah, I missed. I was away for that first Sheffield United game. And we'll get onto my trip later and how that went in the US. But I re- was refusing to miss the replay. There we were. I would say in the cold, maybe. It wasn't too bad. There we were in the upper tier at Bramall Lane Rich uh, on Tuesday night. I'd had about two hours sleep uh and i've had about two hours sleep since i'm powering through what a night what a cup run what a team what a club what a community mate so unbelievably proud the absolute best way to lose really wasn't it the best way i didn't want extra time and we can focus on the league now i suppose if andrew pollard is rob Lington, you're mark howard maybe there wasn't really a drop off in quality i suppose that takes us to tuesday night bramall lane packed away end it's brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, the result didn't go our way, but that was the night, again, where I just realised, my God, Wrexham have a very, very special squad of players, don't they? 
we made changes. You'd say it was maybe even a weaker team than the one that won at Coventry. And when I arrived at Coventry, I thought there's no chance we're getting through. Played so well. Everyone who came in was brilliant. We'll get into those sort of specifics and, and individuals later in the podcast. But yeah, just as an overall event, it was brilliant. The Wrexham fans in fine voice. I loved I loved it. I really did love it. And yeah, it's disappointing that, that we lost on the night. It would have been nice to play Tottenham, but we would have played Tottenham at home. Would have been another big sort of circus and spectacle. But we probably would have lost that. Wouldn't have had much of the ball. We all got to have a chance. So I'm not too bothered. I'm not overly fussed that we're out of the FA Cup. It's a shame we won't get to win the double this season. But as long as we win the league, I don't don't really give two hoots about that. And the Mullen penalty miss. I don't. I think. I think if he scores that penalty, it's just 20 minutes of bombardment for Sheffield United anyway. So I don't think it makes any difference in the game. I'm just so so proud of the team, the players, the squad. And Parky again, he's just got everything spot on. Team selection was was perfect, really. Everyone who came in did a job. He managed it so well. We had a right go till the end. A couple of little individual errors, but those things happen. We've been saved more times by the brilliance of people like Max Cloworth and Rob Lainton making great saves. And Paul Mullin, you know, he scored more penalties than, he, than he's missed. So, yeah, I'm just really, really happy still. Really, really happy. Yeah, I mean, I I love the FA Cup. And I was disappointed. Yeah, I was disappointed. I don't want us to lose any game, and and it's you know especially. I just felt I know they they were better for large spells of it, but I thought second half we really acquitted ourselves well. A lot of players rose to the occasion. I think we started, even Parky said by his own admission that we started. It, we struggled early on because we, we were penned so deep, and I know that was kind of a tactic, but we didn't have. They had so much room in midfield. Sanderberg, I thought, was different class for them. You could see why. Top well, six was, teams in the what, Premier League was, want him. I think what's important there, Nath, is we played a weaker team from the first tie, and they played yeah. a stronger team from the first tie, and it was away from home. They're really good at home as well, just as we are at the, at the Kairas. And I did see some people on socials just saying that Wrexham have been really poor this first half. We've not laid a glove on them. What did you expect? If we went uh, out there uh, trying to play gung-ho and take the game to them, like we did in the second half of the first tie, we would have got just thrashed on the counter-attack. Yeah. I mean, we were defensive and we're still getting cut apart. What I would say, that at Coventry, and I said this to you when we were there, Rich, you could see when Jokeres came on, you could see the difference in quality, the, just the, the level to it. You know, you could see that he was a cut above championship and should be in the Premier League. And I thought when you saw it last night with Ilian Ndai, who didn't play in the first leg, or he definitely didn't start the first leg, it's hard to describe, but just the movement, the touch, the acceleration over the first few yards is so clever. And it's it's usually always right. He was an absolute menace. I thought was best player on the pitch for Sheffield United. And dare I say, if they don't go up, they should. And they're in a really commanding position to go up and, and all the best to them. But if they don't go up, he definitely will be in the Premier League next season. A fabulous player. But yeah, to, to have a back three, a quick word on Ben Tozer, because I thought on and off the pitch, a class act last night. Um, you know, we'll get into the circus of of uh, Salty Sharp and uh, and all that. But, you know, class act in the media afterwards, Bentoza, but also on the pitch. You know, it shouldn't be lost that he is... He worked basically last night with a, a different goalkeeper behind him. You know, Lainton hasn't played a lot of games this season. That's never easy for... Especially anchoring a back three. To the left and to the right of him, he's got different defenders. I know he's played with Max plenty of times, but... You know, Tunnicliffe, Tozer, Hayden had become a settled back three, so it shouldn't be lost on anyone the the job Tozer did. And I thought 
he really deserves a lot of credit. They all do in that back three last night, including Leighton in in, the, in goal. But yeah, I think Tozer in recent weeks has been really, really important and has maybe gone under the radar in, in, in a weird way, kind of his influence and, and the job he's been doing. So yeah, credit to him. And yeah, I know, what you, I know what you're saying, Rich, we couldn't have gone gung-ho, but I think as the game went on, we just grew into it. And then we sort of, even in that those early moments when men... Their defence was gettable, wasn't it? That yeah, was, it was that very was, gettable. was quite annoyed, I think, from the first It was time. very but gettable. Their, their, you know, their, their defence was gettable and we didn't maybe go for it as, as much as we would have liked, but it would have been a, a bit of a risky roll of dice. And if we go all that attack and lose 4-5-0, I think there's a, a different sort of set of issues raised then. But totally. what, like you said, what is just so remarkable for me is They've played. They've had to bring on their big guns in both games. We've played two legs basically against a team who will be playing the Premier League next season without Hayden, without Tunnicliffe, without Jordan Davis. You know, we have we've we've played weakened teams. You know, particularly on Tuesday night. I, I say I say weakened. That's unfair because I don't think there is a drop off in quality whatsoever. It, it absolutely brilliant to see. And yeah, it's just. I'm just so proud. I've just got so much confidence yeah. now in what can happen this season because I think everyone other than Mullen, I think we've got a ready-made replacement for in this squad. Yeah. I still worry re- if Mullen yeah. had something happens to him. I mean, Vicar Staff came on. It was really difficult to impose himself on that sort of game. But you do just worry that, you know, I think other than Mullen, I think we have got, a, like I said, a ready-made replacement for almost everyone in that squad. and. Yeah, it just... What I'd say is, speaking to a handful of the the squads today, just just you know, just chatting about the game and, and all sorts of stuff like that, they all of them were saying how chuffed they were for the support that was there. You know, four thousand seven hundred sold out the allocation on TV, less than a week night game. You know, I, I travelled up, uh, four of us in the car from London. You came from Manchester. Your people coming all over to be there, support the team. And and they were also saying they were just really proud of the run. Yes, they didn't want to lose, but if anything, they feel more emboldened now going into the rest of the season. Like you were saying, had we gone and got beat 5 or 6 0, even if we'd have rotated the team, it wouldn't have been good for anyone to have been, you know, shellacked. So I think the, the players feel even more confident now that, you know what, we are good enough to go and win the title. I know it's been a long time since we got promoted. You know, what was the last time? 2020 years ago? Um, since we got got promoted, so it's been a long time. But this squad is more than good enough, Rich. More than good enough, and you've proved we've proved it. I don't know if you and I have proved it, but they have uh, at Coventry and twice against Sheffield United. So a lot of positives to take. I know we didn't get the result, but um, yeah, plenty to take out of it. Plenty. I suppose as well that to get onto the elephant in the room, it's also about showing dignity in defeat as well, and not being sore losers and handling ourselves well at, at full time obviously uh billy big bollocks has come over saying i'm glad we've beaten them we've got one over them getting one over a non-league team who uh i mean i just want to put this on record as well to say this that you can say wrexham aren't the underdogs it's not a fairy tale story in the context of non-league football it's not we are the biggest team in the national league with the most money that is not a fairy tale if we get promoted but even even if we are a team who pay lots of money and have good League One players, for a League One team effectively to take a team des- destined for the champ- for the Premier League that close over two legs is remarkable. That is a fairy tale. That is Hollywood stuff. So 
I just want to put that out there that there's been so much criticism of Wrexham, which I love because it proves we're doing something right. But you can still it still is an underdog story, even if in the context of the National League we're not the underdogs. You know, this is a team of players who've been assembled by Phil Parkinson. Some of them are from the Football League. Some of them aren't. Look, like, look at someone like Luke Young, who was excellent in both games. He's a trust sign-in. And Max Cloworth, who's from our academy. And they are going toe-to-toe with players who will be in the Premier League next season. For me, that is that is a fairy tale. So I just want to put that uh, that straight like that. And then Billy Sharp, I mean, what a, I mean, what a knobhead, to be honest. What a, what a knobhead. He sh- showed his true colours and absolutely yeah. rattled by little old Rexham. And and look, there's so much to to get into in that. some of the stuff from you know what I would say is all the best to Sheffield United in the game against Spurs. You know if they go and beat Spurs, that is a great upset. You Grimsby are through. I've no I've no real issue, but have class in winning. You you got the last laugh. If you were really rattled, which you were quite evidently, by I mean he's completely got the wrong end of the stick if this was the case so there's been lots of theories about why he was so rattled he mentioned the twitter admin didn't he He said you know rexham's twitter admin needs to be more careful next time it is clearly centered around the image from the Aldershot win on november 16th i think it was it was in november when we beat Aldershot and elliot lee paul mullin and ollie palmer do the Min son celebration they're kind of um using both hands make a photo frame Type that you know that's his trademark celebration, um because Sonny or Son had watched the documentary, had been talking to Ben Davis, Welsh international, about it, saying like he'd become a fan of Wrexham through watching the Disney documentary, and you know footballers all have different connections. Elliot Lee, one of his best mates is Tom Lockyer, plays for Wales. Tom Lockyer knows Ben Davis. Ben Davis knows Son. Yada yada yada. You know how it goes. Eventually, Elliot Lee and a few players send Son a video message. All very cordial. The next game we play Aldershot, we score, we do the celebration. So that's fine. And we posted that at the time on at Rob Ryan Red. Club posted it. No issue at all. That's in November, right? Draw is made where Wrexham or Sheffield United could play Tottenham. So Wrexham then repost that. I think it was on the 30th of January. Tag in Tottenham. So it's the two eyes emoji. They tag Tottenham at Spurs official with the picture that's it so you know if Sheffield United if Billy Sharp has I guess the density not to have realized if, if he thought that was done in between that that picture was done in between the games I mean that for one is foolishness but secondly if that is being interpreted as already through a, a non-league team sending one tweet not saying anything about beating Sheffield United or anything like that, just dreaming of playing a Premier League team, a non-league team, the only one left in the competition of what starts out as 732 teams or whatever it is, potentially playing a Premier League big six giant. It's just just ridiculous. And I'm going to read you, actually. um, A a spokesperson for the club actually responded today to the row because it was very... It just didn't make sense for a lot of people, you know, Billy Sharp's bounding down the tunnel, you know, people who were in and around the tunnel, bounding down the tunnel, shouting this and that, you know, shove that in your documentary, and I'm sure, given the documentary cameras are all stationed in there, I'm sure uh, Salty Sharp will get his five seconds of fame in season two, I've no doubt about that. Um, but this is what the club said, so they said it was difficult to understand where Billy Sharp's criticism of the club 
had originated from until we traced what seems to be an offend the offending picture back to a fixture against Aldershot on November 19th. Okay, so not 16th, but November 19th. At that stage of the season, we were still to play Farnborough in the second round. So uh, people who'd been listening to this podcast, we'd played Oldham in the first round and we got one over Frank Rothwell, who was very miserable that day, if you remember that picture. Um, hadn't even played Farnborough yet, hadn't even touched that fixture. So we still to play Farnborough in the FA Cup in the second round and there couldn't have been any thought of playing Tottenham at that point or anyone else, or Sheffield United for that matter, or Coventry. Um, and if this was the reason behind Billy's upset and his feelings of being disrespected, then he has misinterpreted the facts. As far as Rexham is concerned, the matter is closed. All I would say is clearly not close to Billy Sharp. He gave two interviews, one to ITV and one to Sheffield United. I'm actually going to play a little clip of the ITV chat now where he talks about uh, what was getting his goat so much. I wasn't happy the way they've been as a club, like before the game, eyeing up Spurs. They've not even beat us. And... Uh, we're an honest set of lads and uh, we want to go as far as we can in this uh, competition. Uh, forget beating the next round, so be it, we'll give it a right go. Um, but I think they thought we were just going to roll over when they got back in it and I think the referee was helping them all night as well. I don't think he gave me one foul all night tonight. Um, but yeah, it's one, one of those things. Probably lost my head a little bit, but um got a smile on my face because we've, we've got through to the next round of the Cup. The boys deserved it. it. It's just bizarre, Rich. I don't really... I, I don't get it. And, and Ben Tozer, you know, said he confronted him in the tunnel and Phil Parkinson confronted him on the pitch. Paul Mullen confronted him on the pitch. He came over to the away fans, giving it the crying tears emoji. I mean, uh, not emoji, a crying tears gesture. Uh, why? Go and, go and celebrate with your own fans. What are you... Even their keeper, yeah. Adam Davis, was shows how, and Shows how the sort of desperate uh, things have got. Like, I actually agreed with Simon Jordan on TalkSport as well. Oh, uh, God, who, there you who go. Out at Billy Sharp saying, you're 37 years old. You've played in the Premier League. Why in God's name do you feel the need to do this? Like, why are you getting yeah. rattled by a non-league football team? It's, I just love it. I absolutely love it because it shows we're doing all the right things. And even all these sort of abuse and rival fans, I mean, there's that there's that Notts County page we go to on Twitter for all our Wrexham news. They were loving it as well. They're <laughs> doing all the right things because these teams feel threatened. And Tommy Kaus wrote a piece for the Daily Post, which or North Wales Live, I think it is now. And just, just go and read that. We've put on our account. It just sums it all up that the reason that people don't like us is because they feel threatened. Wrexham are on the up. But what I don't get as a football reporter and as a journalist is we are so critical of bad owners in football. And I'm doing a lot of work now on Man United's takeover, which is going to probably happen this year. And there's so much talk about Qatari investment, Middle Eastern investment, etc. And it brings it back to the Glazers as well, who have been bad owners, not invested money. And we are so critical of bad owners and saying this is what's bad for football we don't want people who who don't have interest to the club at heart Wrexham have owners who are so interested in the community and have given so much to the club and they're involved for all the right reasons they're not trying to knock the stadium down they're not trying to get money from the club and yet that's twisted into this is bad for the game this is bad it's just such hypocrisy from the footballing world, really, that you'll cry out when a club goes under because of bad owners, and then there's one club who have the right owners going in the right direction, investing in the community, investing in a whole nation, and yet that scene is the bad guys. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. That just it, inject it. it. Inject it. It's, it's jealousy, though, Rich, as well, because I echo everything you say there, but, you know, we we live in, a, in an era now. Social media is basically... Uh, Want a slanging match from one to the other. All it is, is you know, it, we had loads of Stockport fans saying about 
you know, how relevant Wrexham are, blah, blah, blah. And there's an element of fun and back and forth to, to the kind of tribalism of football. But it's got to a point now in every nature, every walk of life where hate and hatred is fuel. You know, that's what sells and people, that's what people want to read about and engage in. And it is absolutely tiresome. You know, Wrexham are trying to do things the right way. Nobody, also this idea that, you know, I know the media use it a lot and we're in the media, so I don't want to be too critical, but, you know, Hollywood fairy tale often. Rob and Ryan rarely ever use the word fairy tale. It gets leveled against them all the time. I, I can't recall them regularly using the, the, the F word, so to speak. I, I don't hear them say it. I, I, I don't get this idea. No, no one is labeling it as that. Um, it's, and as much as people want to say it's not an underdog story, Wrexham are in the fifth division. More Right, they might have players from higher up, but they're more than holding their own against these teams. And I just thought, you know, for Sheffield United to be so rattled by it you know rich they could have killed the game off easily they were through one-on-one McAtee was through one-on-one completely lost his head and got psyched out they gave away penalties they would argue the first one um was on the edge of the area outside the area I mean at the end of the day it's a foul either way and no VAR you'll get that next year when you're promoted and that I'm sure you'll be fuming about that Sheffield United fans when that doesn't go your way um and second one was a penalty and this idea that Wrexham had cheated. It was the idea that there was this conspiracy theory that Wrexham were cheating along with the referee and they were all in cahoots and, and this and that. A load of nonsense. An absolute load of nonsense. Take your chances and it wouldn't matter. So, yeah, I I very much enjoyed it, but I just thought, classless, really rich. Um, you know, like I say, enjoyed the I enjoyed the day out, enjoyed the, the game over the two legs. You know, what a belting cup tie that was um, over two legs. But you want to talk about respect in class. I mean, John Egan has shushed the Yale paddock. You know, you scramble the draw at the race course. They've been critical of the pitch. You know, I, I didn't really show much respect there. And then you go back and I I don't know. I think it's hypocritical to be coming around talking about... I'm not giving any details either, just talking in empty platitudes about some players had said some things. I mean... I'd rather believe our lads, to be honest, and uh, they all handle themselves with, with uh, I don't sound like that, come down me, guy, but with grace and decorum. Nathan, getting into the actual match itself, I know we want to talk about a few individuals who, who came into the to the squad. I mean, it was you know, on last week's podcast I was saying that you know Harry Lennon's a good player, but I w- didn't really count, on, count him as an option given his injury record. Well, I need to eat my hat, don't I? I mean, what a performance that was by Harry Lennon. It, incredible. He looked a bit knackered by the end, understandably, but wow, that was an incredible shift. And again, just give me so much confidence that we've got another top-class centre-back there that, okay, might need to be wrapped in cotton wool a bit and pick and choose when he comes into the side, but my word, what a what a performance, Harry Lennon. You were incredible. Andy Cannon as well. I thought he took a little while to get into the game. There's a few sloppy moments, but overall brilliant. And again, a player whose true potential we just haven't unlocked this season. And then there's the Rob Layton-Mark Howard debate. I mean, where do you want to start on, on, on those three? I... I would start with Andy Cannon, mate. I, in fact, no. Let's, um, yeah, let's go with Andy Cannon because I, I thought he was really interesting to watch. Because I, I just thought his low center of gravity, his touch—you could see the quality instantly, even early on in the game. You could just see 
the way he would turn the corner, drop the shoulder and go. It seems obvious and seems easy, but a lot of players can't do that and just like drop the shoulder and, and, and leave their man for dead. So thought he... I agree with you. I thought he struggled early on, but he grew into the game. And, you know, he really did grow into the game and had a growing influence on it. And you could see, I thought he linked up well with Jacob Mendy down the left side. Really chuffed. I know uh, Rob Ryan Red sponsored Jacob Mendy. Chuffed to see him uh, out there getting it again. I know he was really thrilled to, to get a start, his first start. I know he came on away at Ultraman when you were soaked. Probably like a drowned rat by the end, were you? I don't know. Um, but you were ill and cold and, and soaked. But he came on there. And we got the win there, but he started at Sheffield United and, and did well with um, Cannon. So, you know, I, early on when I saw Cannon on the team sheet, I was intrigued. I thought it was a big night for him. It wasn't make or break or anything like that, but he did need to did need to show something, I think, because he struggled to get minutes. And I know Tom O'Connor was similar in terms of he struggled to get those opportunities early on, mainly through injury. But I thought Cannon had a real platform last night. He set himself up a real platform to build upon going into the last part of the season and I know his teammates believe and, and, and say repeatedly that he's got a massive role to play towards the end of the season so yeah really encouraging night for him and, and Elliot Lee needs that competition I think and, and I think with Jordan coming back you're going to have you're going to have all these midfield options James Jones will play Saturday, Tuesday Saturday, Tuesday you know dare I say any injuries touch wood I'll touch my desk there but any injuries you need players ready to step in and, and can improve that as soon as he gets his chance he'll be ready yeah, it's yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just so encouraging that we've got that much squad depth and yeah, I think Andy Cannon, like once he like I said, once he gets properly unleashed, properly settled and feels he can play uh, a full ninety or whatever as well. It's just someone extra to have it in the squad. I, I where, where do you think is where do you think is, is his role in that midfield? Because you know recently we've been seeing before Tom O'Connor slot in centre back, we obviously it's been O'Connor sort of anchoring that midfield, young to the right, Lee to the left. It seemed like Cannon was on that left side. I can't really work out if he is one that you want more attacking or you want as as the anchor point. I, it's a tricky one. You'd eventually want Tom O'Connor to go back in, but it was... I know we've had such a small sample size of Andy Cannon, but it is interesting whereabouts he best fits. I can't work out if he's that deep-lying playmaker to spread balls about and kind of have that vision because we know he's got a great range of passing or he is someone to kind of be a link between the front two and the midfield. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess the versatility is something that that will fare him well in, in a range of roles, but I, I think he's someone who can just really help us dictate and control the midfield. I think he could play almost any of the positions. He's not going to be the box-to-box guy that Luke Young is. I think he could fill in an eye of the other two roles. He could play quite advanced as a playmaker instead of Leo Davis if needed. And I think he could also complement someone like Tom O'Connor and... I think that what I want to get this back on Harry Lennon really. What encouraged me so much is that Harry Lennon playing that well means that we should be able to play Tom O'Connor in midfield still because Tom O'Connor is brilliant. He's been our probably maybe our best player this calendar year. I think you could make that argument, and he is just he's he's been excellent when we made to fill in at centre back. But I want Tom Tom O'Connor to play in midfield and to have the option now. We've got O'Connell of course who who couldn't play because he wasn't registered before the first leg, but it's just. I just, I can't emphasise how good our squad depth is. Last night we were missing Hayden Tunnicliffe, O'Connell, Davis, and they still put in, no Howard, and you've got Palmer, Lee, O'Connor on the bench, and we play that well. I just can't stop smiling. This is, I mean, I was speaking on the bus home, um, the Manchester Reds, and 
this is what's maybe making us believe that this is our year because it is just that squad depth. It's the fact we've got options now and you can make a case for any player to drop out like over the Mullen really and there is someone there who can come in, we can readjust, we've got players who are playing different positions. It's just so, so encouraging and such a big difference from, from the size from last season. Well, very, very quickly before we get on to Harry Lennon and I've got a lot to say about Harry Lennon. Tom O'Connor, is he... I don't even want to say an outside chance. Is he a real, real contender for you for player of the season? Luke Young for got me. Got to be in that. Luke Young. I, I was having a big debate. I, I, it's still Aaron Hayden for me, just. Um, and I know he's outside land and that may hurt the case. And I know what... But then, you watch, but, the... but, but then Nate, I'm sorry to interrupt. You've, yeah. You watched the last couple of games and you remember how good Paul Mullen is. Like he is. We yeah, take for granted how amazing Paul Mullen is. And he is look, legitimately look, my favourite ever Wrexham player now. Well, it just what confirmed... I would say... What I would say, Rich, I've just been writing today about LeBron James passing the scoring record in, in the NBA and you know getting the all-time scoring record and you know researching his MVPs and all that sort of thing. And, and a lot of the times you see people say, took the greatness for granted. He didn't, he didn't win best player, most valuable player all, the, all these years. He probably should have done. And so part of me thinks, am I overthinking it? You know, Paul Mullen is the best player in the team. Well, I think, I think as well, Dave. As journalists, we we're, we're a bit guilty of trying to go for sort of hipster outside. But do you know what I mean? I do. I I grew a beard to be a hipster. So I yeah, know. Well, that's why I, 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 I do feel sometimes it's like, who was the most obvious man of the match? Well, it can't be him. I've got to say someone different, so it feels like I've got an edgy opinion. And right. I might be like, well, Tom O'Connor's good on the ball, or like you said, I do I like edgy. Him. I do like edgy opinions. But if you boil it down, that. our yeah. best player is Paul Mullen. He is absolutely ridiculous far, every far, week, far and away, far yeah. and away. But Rich, what I would say very, very quickly, and I know we'll we'll do this in a couple of months when we're near the end of the season. But have we got the best defense in the league or something like that? We've got to have one of the best. I think we have. I haven't got the table in front of me, but I think we've got one of the best defensive records. And Aaron Hayden's got eleven goals. Strong, strong case. Anyway, talking of the defense. Harry Lennon, early on I thought, oh, this is a massive gamble. You know, this is a huge gamble in a big game. I really wanted to win. I was a bit wary that he hadn't played much football. You know, it was his last game at in the FA Trophy when we went out there. Um, but credit to him. He stood tall last night, made a lot of big blocks, had a few shaky moments, but, you know, Ilian and Dai was, was trying to drag himself onto Lennon, didn't get much joy out of Lennon, tried to drag himself onto Max. Didn't get much joy out of Max, but Lennon, I think he's seen O'Connell come in and he's gone, I've still got a role to play here and I can prove it and I'm fit and sure, nobody's expected him to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, but to have him there, maybe you don't need, as you said, maybe you don't need Tom O'Connor at left centre-back repeatedly. I think there was just, I mean, the only little team issues at the start were he was a little bit rusty, he headed the ball out of play once in the first half that annoyed me because we, we didn't have to concede possession, but other than that, he's winning every header. He was linking up really well. And again, there's the context of of, of all yesterday, which is the fact that... Oh, sorry, uh, Tuesday. Uh, the, the fact that it was such a makeshift back line. Like you said, new goalkeeper, new centre-back partnerships. Toes are there in the middle. And it was just brilliant. It was so, well, that so back, good that back five, That back five plus the keeper, I'm... I don't know. I haven't looked up, but I could almost say with some certainty that that back five and keeper never played a single minute together this season. I don't think we've ever had that that exact setup of Mendy, Lennon, Toza, Kluwer, no Ford, yeah. and Lainton. No, so and, it, so and you'd even you know, say that quite a lot they they they've not 
done that in training because you wouldn't normally cater for that. You might have actually sort of gone for it this week in the build-up to the game, but just for them all to play that well and to just sacrifice also, themselves well for the good of the team, it was just so that brilliant. That Harry Lennon, that Harry Lennon run where he ran about. He went full sort of Hamza Ben Sharif, Curtis yeah. Tilt, didn't he? <laughs> he went, went on the underlap and just carried on running. I loved it. I didn't know I, what he expected I, I, to I, do. I nudged you. I nudged you and was like, "Wait, where, where is Harry Lennon now?" Because they started, they were attacking us again. It was kind of, "Oh, he's he's the furthest forward." Okay, cool. He's the furthest forward player. And also, I just love the fact that the defense were trying things. Tozer had a go from outside the box after a throw in came back to him. That I thought if that had gone top bins, I would have lost my mind. Max, I thought, look, you know, people are going to put... Some absolute nonsense was written about Max um, on socials, I thought, ridiculous. I thought he was one of our best players so of the night. This is, I do, know, do you I, want to do this? So basically, I tweeted back in... Let me let me try to find this now, actually. Right, well, so I tweeted... Well, you dig it, go on. Okay, you dig you it out. Well, you dig it out, Rich. I'm going to say that, I, I, yeah, I thought he made a number of crucial... I thought he was our best defender in the first half. I thought he made a number of crucial blocks. His positioning was brilliant um, and, and nipped in the bud a lot of attacks where they were getting down the sides of us quite easy. Um, I did think that they did get in in behind Ford and Mendy. Maybe that was because of they were just overlapping on the sides. They were just over committing and um, doubling up. And it was, yeah, it was Leach Ford. It looked big, didn't it? I'm not sure if it's it in the upper tier, but it looked like no, it, it looked massive. It looked big and. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought Max was was brilliant, and yes, look, you know, he will know himself. You saw Tozer at the end again, as a, as a leader should, consoling him, telling him to keep his head up. He'd he'd made the mistake. Look, if he had that chance again, would he just put his laces through it? It's coming at him with speed. He's gone to kind of trap it with his knee. He's kind of gone for to sort of turn, swivel his body, put his knee down in the bit to trap it. It's gone through his legs, and and you know, Billy Sharp's gone and and finished it, and and you know, fair play to him. Um, but Max, on the whole, again, it's criticism for, for the third goal. It's an unlucky ricochet, and I, I'm not apportioning too much blame there. On the whole, can be very proud of his display. And some of the, you know, I think people need to, you know, have a have a real hard think if they're digging him out massively. Really, um, I thought he, you know, held his own against, you know, a, a player. Ilian Indai is worth supposedly. 15 million or something. So it's the 20 year old lad that I Playing out of position on the right side of the fence. You know, yeah. Did brilliantly. So, you know, um, I don't know if you pulled up your tweet, but yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Here, well, but basically, I had a clue with slander. I tweeted on the 13th or the 9th. So, death to my birthday. I can't remember who we played. Cannot remember who we played um, this season, uh, last September. I said, Matt Clowerth is destined for the very top, confident and calm on the ball, reads the game so well and never looks phased. I don't think I've ever seen a young centre-back so good in the lower leagues. We're so lucky to have him and be in a position where we can keep him too. Ironically, the first reply said he could be playing in the Championship now. He's that good, which, you know, he's proven himself. After after the goal went in yesterday, some rival fan, I think they're probably a Notts or Chesterfield fan, searched for that tweet and retweeted it and, re- and then also tweeted something like, is it too late to tear up his contract or something like who the F are you? I mean, I think how, if I watch Rexo every week, I think I've got a better idea of how good Max Clowerth is than some nobody who's watched us on TV. Like, we're, we're so good, and we're we're going to win a league, aren't we? You can, Rich, so. who has got t- Rich, who has got time, honestly? I know we, we put a lot of tweets out on Rob Ryan Red and, and put stuff on Insta, but I'd say 99% of that is Rexham related. We might put one tongue-in-cheek tweet if, if 
Chesterfield or maybe not Chesterfield anymore now they're out of the title race, but or or not if they if they lose and it's you know it's obviously a big deal. The rivalry is not so much because the two clubs dislike each other, the fan base is purely because they both want to win the league. Very very normal, but some of the stuff is just so abnormal. You know, going back digging out tweets, you know, dedicating their their accounts to trolling Wrexham. I don't know. It, whatever makes you happy, whatever floats your boat, but. Max, I'm a big believer, and I know I said early on in the season that you know I rate him incredibly highly, and I can assure you that he has a massive role to play between now and the end of the season. Owen O'Connell will be in there. You know we're missing Howard, uh, missing Howard, missing Hayden and Tunnicliffe for what 11, 12 games, another ten games, say. Now is not the time to be, you know, pointing the finger over uh, in a game where we've been knocked out by the narrowest of margins to a championship team in the cup. So. Yeah, Lennon, lots of positives to take. Max, plenty of positives to take. Toza, class act again. Um, and yeah, and then Rob Lainton. I know you were kind of posing it on Twitter. The Rob Lainton appreciation post you put up, liked by a certain Mr. McElhenney and Mr. Reynolds. Who could blame him? It was a display. Well, I think Parky called it an outstanding display. It really was, wasn't it, Rich? It was, I mean, he kept us in it. He was absolutely brilliant. And even that one-on-one that Sheffield United missed, Rob Layton played a key role in putting, putting him off as well. He, the saves he make, he is so good. In the case for Layton, really, is he's so good at smothering the ball and making just death-defying saves you wouldn't expect. And distribution probably, I think, was a little bit poor last night, but he was so good and kept us in it. It's just a real difficult debate between who is the number one for the rest of the season. We we posed it on Twitter. This is by no means a, maybe a fair reflection because not all the fan base will have voted on this. But just for context, 76% of Wrexham fans we asked said they would be Rob Layton between now and the end of the season. I can fully see why, but I just do not see Phil Parkinson dropping Mark Howard because Howard has the most clean sheets in the league this season has played quite well, to be honest, as of late. He has been an unsung hero, I think, in that team. Made some big saves. And I do think there is a degree of... Rob Layton's got maybe sort of a bit of favouritism because he has given so much to the club already. He's been such a good servant. He's been part of worse teams. And he's always been a brilliant, brilliant professional at Wrexham. So there's always going to be that sort of diehard following behind Layton, which is fully justified and deserved. But I do think that that Mark Howard maybe does just about edge it at the moment because Leighton, the Ulti FA Trophy game, he was he's maybe a bit poor in that game, but obviously he hasn't played sort of competitive football for a while either, so there's that mitigation. But I think you've just got to stick with the guy who's been there all season, really. And again, it's just Leighton, he's, his injury record is no fault of his own, really, but... It is a worry, and you want just momentum and consistency between now and the end of the season. And I guess you've got to say, why would you change the winning formula of of Mark Howard? So I think I probably would be team Mark Howard, but I don't actually think there's a right or wrong answer to that question myself. No, I don't think there is. It's it's a tricky one. I am a big Leighton fan. I, I feel a bit for Howard because I feel like there's a, a degree of people that are just looking for any reason, you know, almost willing him to make a mistake in a way, to, to, to you know, have enough to say, get it, get him out and 
Well, it's like, people. It, it, it does feel to me, yeah. like you said there, that I think some fans, and this is, again, isn't a criticism, because I understand why we all have sort of players we like. Yeah, that, of course. There's certain things you'll overlook with Rob Layton that you wouldn't overlook with Mark Howard, and he'll get nitpicked on them, and he needs to be perfect to, to keep that place and to to sort of be the favourite guy over Rob Layton. Rich, what, Rich, what I would say is, if you ask me who you think will be number one next season, I would say Rob Layton. But I, if you ask me who I would keep, I would keep Howard in. I, w- I would because, you know, he's he's not it, really, if I was going back for mistakes, you know, and, and I was critical of some of the, the goals at Coventry. If you think about the league, really, I'd be having to go back quite far towards the start of the season. I, I'd, I'd be having to go back to Chesterfield or, you know, a, really early in the season. I think he's had a lot of clean sheets. Parky likes him, brought him in. He, you know, won Carlisle's Player of the Year last season. He has, has played regularly with Toza. I think that is important going into the back end of the season. That's not to say Lainton couldn't, you know, obviously he's trained with him regularly and and is a fine, fine goalkeeper. But for me now, you've just got to go for Howard. Unless Howard is injured, we don't know. I, I haven't seen anything why he was left out. You'd imagine that he would have been at least on the bench ahead of Rory Watson if he, if he was fit. Surely, Rich, do you not think? I'm not saying yeah, he, I, he is fit or he isn't, I don't know, but it just seemed odd that he wasn't even in the squad at all. No, yeah, I just I don't get why he wouldn't be on the bench at least, but I suppose we'll just see in the coming days how, how that one trans, trans, transpires really and, and see what happens. And yeah, like, like I said, it has been the overriding theme throughout this podcast is I'm just so encouraged by what we've seen. So encouraged. Encour- encouraged though, Rich, but Rich, it, particularly on Lainton, have you got a save of the night? I know you could think. I know it wasn't really a save, but psyching McAtee out on the one-on-one was was huge. I would say though, there's a save in the first half. Where save he makes out. from well, there's a save. Okay, there's a save in the first half. I was thinking one in the second half. He saves from I think it's Billy Sharp in the first half, and then we go down the other end and get the penalty. Now that save, yes. at, I think that save at one nil is huge because if we can see there with two nil down, it could well be lights out at that point. We don't go on and bring. You know some of our like, more fir- you know first choice players on for want of a better phrase. You know that was a huge save, and he did. And it, really for the goals, I've seen some talk about you know could he done better on the goals. First one not a chance. It was rifled at him. Third one not a chance. Second one, I mean Billy Sharp's the top sco- the all time top scorer in the championship. I, I can't really apportion much blame to Lainton there. Some saying he maybe should have got to that. Not for me. I I I can't really blame the keeper there. No, not at all. I'm not. I'm not blaming anyone out or singling anyone out after that performance. It was. They're all heroes in my eyes, and I just want to uh, to put that on record. Really, like that. There's so much to be positive about. We do not need any more misery uh, this week, do we? We don't need to add to that no, stupid pile on that's been so unnecessary. So, but we'll... Rich, any any highlights from the FA Cup run then? Because that is it for another season. No more FA Cup, solely the league. So we beat Blythe. It took two games, but we beat Blythe. We beat Oldham. We beat Farnborough. Paul Mullen got a hat-trick. We beat Coventry. Sam Dolby got us going there, the masterclass there. They had Elliot Lee scoring, Tom O'Connor scoring, and Paul Mullen with the penalty. And then the 3 all against Sheffield United, and then the 3-1 defeat. So lots of moments. Anything particularly stand out? You don't have to have one, but anything, any couple? I loved seeing the Oldham owner's face when we absolutely thrashed them at home. That was fun. That was I love Coventry away was class, wasn't it? It was absolutely class because I really didn't think we were going to win that. I really didn't. And 
Sheffield United at home, the, the atmosphere was maybe the best race course atmosphere I've ever experienced in my lifetime. It was so buoyant, so jubilant, and it's just been fun. I, I love the FA Cup. It is my favourite competition probably in football. And just to be a part of it and to play a proper part of it as well. Wrexham weren't there to make up the numbers. We made worldwide news. We made headline news. Yes, we might not have been the, the underdogs in all the games, but we were towards the end and we gave such a good account of ourselves. And I love it. I just love it. it just to see Wrexham getting the publicity that they deserve and to see how many rival fans it's it's irritating is just the perfect, perfect sort of combination for me. I absolutely love it. What about yourself? Oh, I, oh, I didn't do the home game Sheffield United. I would say Coventry away, probably. The, I mean, the atmosphere when Dolby scored, just amazing. And at the end, you know, incredible. That was that was amazing. What else could I say? I mean, Paul Moore getting a hat-trick. Hat-tricks are, are special. And I know it was, you say it was Farnborough, but I thought Farnborough, I know I'd scouted them. If you've been listening to the podcast, I went and scouted on the week before when they played Hampton and Richmond Borough. I actually thought they gave us quite a scare at the start of the race course, Rich. I thought they, they really acquitted themselves well and they were the underdogs going into that game. I, I just thought there was a lot of moments when Robin Ryan Imagine made if a video we beat about Farm Rothwell. And Paul Mullum gave it the big one interview afterwards saying, yeah. we're so glad we knocked them out. So glad they knocked them out. It's the same thing, it's the same thing you know. I, I, look, for example, with the, the back and forth about Oldham, you know, Frank Rothwell, we, Ryan and Rob did that jokey video, didn't they, that I thought was very good very funny about uh you know frank and, and xyz and that was the end of it we beat oldham frank looked very very upset in the director's box and you move past it none of the players gave it the big end did they or you know just moved on parky was chuffed mullen was chuffed he kept it moving got farnborough and kept it moving what i would say with one of the best things for the fa cup for me rich was just seeing us get broadcast on espn i just thought that was remarkable you know that is unbelievable not all Te- no, not all teams get the privilege of being on you know, ter- terrestrial TV, satellite TV in America. So, you know, to see these figures of hundreds of thousands and was it up to a million people had streamed the Blythe Spartans game, was it, or something like that, across ESPN and ESPN Plus? I remember the club put something out. It is just bonkers. And I, you know, I get the second round against Farnborough. They said something like, ESPN said something like, interest in the second round of the FA Cup had been up 800%. And that was largely, they said, down to Wrexham. Wrexham were more watched in the third round, I think it was, against um, Coventry than, who was it, PSG, Liverpool? It, was, it might be the fourth round, but there was a, a weekend where they were watched more than PSG, Liverpool. Um, yeah, it was season, Sheffield United. Yeah. Sheffield United Sheffield died at home. Yeah. Bonkers. So, yeah, Coventry away my highlight. Um, and goal of the FA Cup run for me. Anyone standing out? Tom O'Connor getting the deflected free kick at Blythe was quite good. Um, but I would say... I've got Peel. It's Blythe, isn't it? Yeah, that that was good. That was good. I I know you people are going to shoot me down for this, but I'm still going to say Elliot Lee away at Coventry. I know it was a cross or whatever, and he admitted it was a cross, but it still looks... On, on the footage and just being there, it just looked unbelievable. I love long-range strikes. Yeah, that one for me. And they, I think, maybe a late entry for moment of the FA Cup for me was on the Manchester Red supporters bus back from Sheffield, where I think, genuinely now, my favourite Wrexham chant of the season was made. And it 
we were having a bit of a sing-song on the way back, lifting our spirits with some karaoke, because that's what Manchester Red Away days are all about. The football is very, very often not the main uh, sort of talk point for an away day, is it? You know, it's all about just going out, having a good time, just go on to a new place with your mates and just just having a night of it, really. And that was the case on Tuesday as well. No matter what happened, it was just class to get away and to go to Sheffield, follow Wrexham in a proper stadium. And after the game, on the way home, American Pie came on the uh, the shuffle. And Henry Jones, he, I'm not sure it was improv but he came up with such a good cover and we're going to play it for you now. Let me know what you think. We will tweet the lyrics to this later in the week as well because this is absolutely incredible. We need to get this going at a game very soon. Wrexham AFC till I die. So, Nath, Rye, Rye, McElhenney, and Rye. That's Rexham a good. That's a, that's a good. That's a good first line. Just breaking it down, Rich. That is a strong. Okay, we're going line by line, are we? Yeah, that Rye, Rye, McElhenney. Was it Rye, Rye, McElhenney? Rye, Rye, McElhenney, and Rye. Yeah, like, and I like your voice. Even is the best. Yeah, Wrexham FC is the best thing money can buy. Right. We're on the piss from Rosslyn to Clyde, singing Wrexham AFC till I die. But see, the third line is 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 the most complicated of the three. I would of the four. I would say, but you know, you everyone can nail that, and it's a great tune. So it's terrible. Well, and if you we'll play it one version, we'll, yeah, if you do it, do we'll it, it again, again on the way this. way over where we pl- where we sung at the end and we did it twice. We started off really slow, going Rye, Rye, Michael Henny and Rye, and just really building up, really building up, <laughs> and then it gets going. It was I've got like I genuinely got an eight version of it recorded on my phone. It's incredible. Right. I genuinely think it might be my one of my favorite Wrexham chants already. And so what is it? So one, yeah. so one more time. It's Rye, Rye, McElhenney and Rye. Wrexham FC is the best oh, thing that your money can buy. Wrexham FC is the best thing that money can buy. We're on the piss from the Southland to Clyde. Come on. Singing Wrexham AFC till I die. Right, we're going to play one Rexham of these. AFC till I die. We're going to play one of the best of Rich's eight recordings uh, now. So come on, you can get on this. We've got Wheelstone coming up. We've got uh, who else? We've got Wheelstone, and then we got Woking. So you've got two games. Consider this uh, a call to arms from the Manchester Reds to get this one going. So here we go. One more version. FC was the best thing that you ever could buy. On the piss from singing Wrexham AFC till I die. So, Rich, two-year anniversary, not for the podcast, uh, but for the takeover. If you, does, it, does it just feel to me that it feels a lot longer? I don't know. It feels like Ryan and Rob have been in situ for absolutely ages. But actually, two years today when you listen to this, Thursday, um, February the 9th, is the takeover day. And, you know, last year when it was one year, we had Humphrey and Fleur on. Go back and listen to that if you just want some context of where we were a year ago. 
We've just had Sean Harvey on. Definitely go and listen to that. That's been streamed loads. As thanks for the support on that. Year on year, Rich, we've taken massive strides, haven't we? You know, we said at the start of the season, I think we both said we'd like an FA Cup run. Had that this season. I said we got it. We had it this season. We're second in the league and, you know, flying really in the title race on course to surpass 100 points. Sold 24,000 shirts, even more next season. Oh, two years in and this is an absolute fever dream, isn't it? It's just surreal. It's absolutely surreal how well it's gone and yeah, I just love it. I just can't get enough. I cannot get enough. And speaking to Harvey the other week, it's that it's the fact that they aren't just here for, you know, a quick fling. Obviously there's gonna be discussions to be had this summer if if, you know, for, I'm being pessimistic if things don't go to plan, but I'm just so excited. I'm just loving life. I'm just loving being a Wrexham fan. We've said before in the past that you just feel proud to be from Wrexham now. You used to get mocked. It used to be... There used to be people in North Wales saying, why do you support Wrexham? Why don't you support Liverpool or Everton or United? And now everyone wants a piece of Wrexham. You've got to have a season ticket to guarantee a place at the games. There's kits selling out. Yes, there's always going to be negatives to just how big we are because we're not always going to be as accessible, but we're getting there. And it's just the fact that this is such a feel-good story. Yes, it might not be the underdogs. It might not be the Hollywood tale that rival fans like, but it's a feel-good football story. It's a feel-good just story for the community, for the entire nation. There's a real lift and just a real pride. And I just absolutely love it. I just can't stop smiling. I just love being a Wrexham fan. I love talking about Wrexham. And long may it continue. There's so much ahead. It's not just a case of going back to where we belong, which we all believe is the Football League, is League One. It's surpassing that. Rob and Ryan have both said, if you can get to the Premier League, why do you not be aiming to get there? I mean, we can get to the Champions League as well if you want to go that far with the Club World Cup. Club Let's World just dream. Rex, Everything's Rex possible. Al Hilal. Rex against Al Hilal in Another the thing, Nate, which, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, fuck, like, I'm not trying to trivialise this too much, but in my lifetime, and I'm only young, listeners, I've seen Portsmouth win the FA Cup. I've seen Hull get to a final. I've seen Wigan win the FA Cup. Why can't Wrexham? This, Genuinely, why this, can't Wrexham this, this win the sound, FA Cup? This will sound ridiculous, but I was starting to convince myself that we we were going to go all the way in the FA Cup. That was absolute blind optimism. Uh, exactly. Uh, I, but You know, I went to Sheffield's house last night. No, the whole fact is, yeah, and dream. That's a realistic right, right. dream. Like, obviously, people would say you've got some issues if you think we're going to the FA Cup this season, but we generally I, I believe did, that we I could did, dream. And I do dream. have issues, but I do have dreams, Rich, as well. So I, they, they're not wrong, but they're also not right. And that's the, Well, that's the point. That's the point for me, Nath. The, the, the biggest point for me is that Rob and Ryan have made us dream and made us believe again. We used to fantasise and, you know, think that maybe one day we could have a Euro Millions winner who, who lives locally, who wants to give money to the club, you know, just for the goodness of their, their heart. But it's the fact that, we dream again and we believe and we just needed someone to believe in us and we've got that now so again i just want to say a massive thank you to robin ryan yes. and i i really do hope i get to meet you one day we still not ripped out you I've, and i want to say that face to face rich i've seen you smile ch- ch- you know cheshire cat grin smile at certain things whenever paul mullen scores you're always buzzing um coventry away you were smiling uh whenever we talk about robin ryan you're always really you light up the room but I'm I'm tempted to even say that at Sheffield United when we're in the away and when you notice that Vernon Kay, I don't know, is he one of your kind of idols? What, what's going on there? When it, when he was tweeting about Wrexham, 
You you lit up. He's not one of my idols. Let's let's put that on record. I just want to I just want to say you lit up. I don't know if you're a big Family Fortunes guy or what's going on, but you were frantically tweeting and texting about Vernon K watching Wrexham. So what's going on there? What's what's that bromance? Am I am I being cut out? I think I just I think I just admire. I mean K and Faye on the Wrexham podcast. Does that not sound better than me and you? Unfortunately, it does. That's the problem. That's what I'm worried about. I'm, I'm a bit paranoid, mate. But yeah, the tragedy is that last night during the game, Vernon K tweeted to his 1.1 million followers, Wrexham game on telly question mark. The, the tweet has been deleted since then. Why? Did oh, he get a backlash? Oh, really? Did he get abused? Yeah. I've got a screenshot oh, of wow. it. But yeah, Vernon K-, K deleted his tweet. I've, a secret Wrexham that, fan. Sorry, I didn't know that. Wow, I did not I did not know that. There you go. Um, well, anyway. How about this? How about this, up. though? Go on. <laughs> just to throw this back. A few months ago, I've just been going for his Twitter now. Vernon K predicted that the Eagles would get to the Super Bowl. And uh, against the Chiefs. Do I dare do I dare tell you who he's predicted to win? Uh, will a certain Mr. McElhenney like the prediction? Or... No, he won't. No, then we'll just leave it to the imagination, I think. Leave it to the imagination. I, for what it's worth, having been out in Philadelphia, which we'll get onto very shortly, I am going to say the Eagles are going to win it all and Wrexham are going to get promoted and Rob is going to have the greatest year of his life. That is my prediction. Well, Rich, very quickly, I don't know how much interest people will have in me being away. Maybe they like the break. Maybe they liked Pollard. I don't know what's going on. But I was in America. Uh, we did sort of flag that up before I went. Um, thought I was going to be off the podcast a bit longer, but actually, no. Glad to be back. It was it was amazing. It was quite surreal, Rich. I was stood one day, like second day I got there, in Times Square, opposite an equivalent, I would say, of Sports Direct, but almost worse than, than that. Um, there was a, a billboard out there, um, a Hulu billboard, and it was just rotating between Rob and Ryan promoting Welcome to Wrexham. There were yellow taxis still with Welcome to Wrexham on, on the top. And, and I was thinking the documentary's been out for months, months and months, and it's won an award, and, and yet still Times Square, you know, one of the advertising capitals of the world, is it, it, still promoting it. Ryan Reynolds was saying that when he gets stopped in New York now, People are stopping him to talk about Wrexham and not Deadpool, which is also, you know, absolutely mad to think when people get that one chance. I wonder if Wrexham. Robin Ryan will ever just be getting get known as the guys who own Wrexham ahead of any of the other career highlights. Surely not. Surely not. Like, I mean, surely Rob McElhenney is still the always sunny guy. And what I would say in Philadelphia, I went to Max Tavern. That's where I watched the game. So I watched the game in Max Tavern, part owned by Rob. He was down at a tailgate. We saw on Twitter some of the videos of him um, at a kind of tailgate party watching the game. And he was in his Eagles jer- Eagles hoodie and a Wrexham scarf. And he gave a Wrexham scarf to a journalist who interviewed him. Um, and, you know, it was a great atmosphere in Philadelphia. And I, I sort of got what Rob was saying. You know, they the whole t- city of Philadelphia is obviously way bigger than Wrexham. And uh, they had a place out there called Five Below. Now, if anyone knows Wrexham, there's a place called One Below. Other than that, I was str- there was also a Primark there. So I was struggling, other than those two shops, to to see much resemblance. But you know what? Sport mad. If anyone followed me on Instagram, you'll have seen I was... When they 
when they won the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, they got to the um, Super Bowl for the first time since 2017-18. Um, they had a wild party. People were setting off fireworks out of their hand. Guys were walking around in traffic cones on their head. One guy was carrying a shopping trolley above his head to collect people throwing bottles into the air. It was absolute chaos. I've never known anything like it. And it got me dreaming of what it will be like in Wrexham when Wrexham get promoted because that will be the party of all parties, Rich. I think we've partied hard in our student lives and beyond, but that will be... We might need to take weeks and weeks off work after that just to recover. That that could be absolute chaos. And Philadelphia was just a little taster for me there. Love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, like we said, we spoke to Sean Harvey. Wrexham will be stateside this summer as Ooh. well. And I can't wait to, to see who we end up playing and how that all gets organised as well. And, we need to get out there, don't we? We need to get out there. We need to get Rob Ryan Red on tour. Well, uh, hey, how about this then? How about this? I don't think I've told you this, Nick. This is live for your air. Wow. So, if you want some optimism, I have just booked a holiday in May to Japan. So, if Re- so when Wrexham win the league in April... I might miss the trophy parade. If for some reason Wrexham didn't win the league, I would miss all of the playoff campaign. Oh, that is... You're in the same boat that Ben Toza was last year. Last, yeah, the stag dude to Vegas. That. Couldn't go on Lee's, on his brother Lee's stag, and he ended up... I think he ended up going on the hen party in the end um, because of the playoffs. But you know what, Rich? I like the confidence. I admire it. But what will you do? Will you be in the air? Will you be in Japan? If, if it happens and we do end up in the dreaded playoffs... Well, I've just not thought about it, to be honest. You're not even over. I don't need to. You don't, uh, need to. Well, don't need to. I'm just worried that I'm going to probably miss the trophy parade and Paul Mullen's statue unveiling. But other than that, it'll be you, absolutely fine. Can you do your own sort of... Can you just carry your... Is it your nephew? Can you just carry yeah. your nephew around with his postman pat? Oh, you did Did he ever get that postman pat? He got a replacement postman pat. He got a replacement pat. That is a deep that. dive for anyone who's listened to the podcast for a while. That's, that's a little Easter egg, the postman pat. Um... But what I would say, any of the business, Rich, because we've been on ages, people don't need to listen to us rambling on uh, all week. Thanks so much for all the people that are following the podcast, Spotify and yeah. rating it and stuff. But I was just going to say a couple of things, Rich. Congratulations to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Anthony Ford because they had a baby. That's why he was out for the... What game was he out for now? Will you bail me out? Altrincham. He was out for the Altrincham game. So congratulations. Last few months, Callum McFadden's had a uh, child, Anthony Ford. You know, really delighted. And we know that Jordan Davis, I know Jordan and Kelsey had a baby shower at the My Squin. They're expecting their first child. Uh, you know, everyone is absolutely thrilled for them, given all they've been through. Uh, what else? Rachel, who we know, um, Rachel and Danny were always on Twitter. Um, Rachel's first game, Rich, this was great, um, at Bramall Lane, since she got the all clear from cancer. Now, obviously, everyone can echo our thoughts. So that is incredible news. And... Yeah, I, I would just really chuff to, to get tweets like that because it, it shows that you know, so much is going on and, and this club is giving people such great moments and then stuff to, to work towards. You know, we've had Nigel on before, you know, he's tweeted, he emailed in regularly saying, it, you know, he's battled through various things and, and, and illnesses and ails. So, yeah, Rachel, super chuffed to, to get that message, actually, and uh, wishing you all the best and... You know, uh, a lifetime of health and wealth, I would say. Yeah, echo that. It's just, yeah, great news. And again, puts into context sort of uh, the footballing side of things as well, that, 
yeah, which is a big Wrexham family and yeah, wish you all well. And of course, if you ever have any, you know, requests or want any messages read out on the podcast, you can get us robbrandred at gmail.com, robbrandred on all the socials as well. So, Nath, before we go, two big games on the horizon. Wilston at home this Saturday and Woking at home as well next Tuesday night. It's going to be really interesting to know what mood we'll be in next time we record the podcast. We'll be recording the day after we've played Woking at home. I mean, I've we've been on for an hour and I've not even mentioned the form tables of the National League yet. So, oh, alarm bells will, will be ringing. Wrexham, of course... Uh, going into this double header, second in the table, three points off top with two games in hand. Wilston are the visitors next, like we said. They are currently 10th place in the National League, only one point off the playoff places themselves. Over the last 10 games, Wilston are sixth in the form table, Woking are fourth. This is a very big double header. I don't think that Wilston are maybe getting the respect, or maybe not the respect, but being bigged up quite enough oh, you sound like pretty sharp I know I know that's the last thing we want you to sound like no yeah, I know what you're saying I know what you're saying they're only but only one point off the playoffs Will oh, right. well, and I, I I just presumed they were at lower mid-table to be honest I didn't realise they were 10th and Woking like we said have been excellent in recent weeks third in the table of course they had that big win away at Chesterfield as well they won three very impressive. there very impressive I mean I know that we usually have to go gunko and say Wrexham are going to win both of these, get six points. They are. That they are. I, that's what I'm, I'm going to say. Are they going to really, play out in the I, dressing room? Six points, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Well, we've won every game at home in the league this season. I, I, I still don't think I'd be too aggrieved with four points, but six no, points has to be the target. They'll win on Saturday. I, I'm that, that might come back to bite me. I'm just, I just really am confident, I think. Palmer comes back in, Lee comes back in. Do you want to? I'm model. more confident for the Tuesday. Really? Why is that? Yeah, I th- I just think re- race course under the lights on a Tuesday night, a big game. It will feel like a big game against Third. I think we'll they, be rich. They're good. I, that, they're good I, I, I was that. I was. I was that Woking away. They're good. They're a good team. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what physical. I think. I think we're. I think we're our best against the bigger teams. I think it is a bit trickier when there might be an air of expectation um, on us to win. Saturday, we'll see. Well, we're gonna uh, hopefully we don't encounter you know another Billy Sharp in all these games, but it'll be massive games. And and look, you know it's inevitable now. People will say, "Oh, worry about our own results," but it's natural. With was it eighteen games to go, something like that. Um, you know we're gonna have one. We'll, there'll be one eye on Notts County Chesterfield in the late kickoff. It's just inevitable. And uh, Tuesday night, I know a lot of people domestically will be able to stream that game as well. If you can't get to the race course. It's remarkable to me. I, I bought my Maidenhead ticket, Rich, and I bought my Dagenham ticket. And to see, basically, you go on the, t- the, the website now and it's just sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. The hottest ticket in town. So, you know, it might not be somebody's fairy tale story or it might not be someone's idea of a, you know, a, a, a great tale or whatever you want to say. But the whole community is absolutely buzzing. The whole town, city has been revitalized. And, you know, two years to the day since. Uh, the FCA approved the takeover of Robin Ryan and Harvey and Fleur and Humphrey and and all these different people. It's I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change a single day, Rich. It's been an absolute roller coaster, and we're still going up. 
and we've got um we've still went up and up and up so i still think we've got a long way to go and hopefully that starts with a championship and uh and ends in a couple of years in in the premier league or in the championship or league one or whatever but yeah two years have absolutely flown by and uh yeah, I'm I, I'm still smiling and, and still loving it, and we're, we're getting unbelievable experiences and, and things to talk about along the way. Yeah, we're only just getting started. That's the beauty of it all. We're only two years into the project, and this is a multi-year project, and bring it on, bring it on. I think Sheffield United would be a bit more worried about us when we're in the same league as them anyway in a few years to come. And thank you so much to you for following us on this podcast. We'll be, we'll hopefully with you for the foreseeable future throughout the journey as well as always you can follow us on twitter rob ryan red a huge thank you to everyone who's done that we've now not only surpassed the twenty thousand mark but got up to twenty one and a half thousand i remember when myself and naif were doing uh shout outs trying to ask for us to get over two thousand followers <laughs> and now we've got 10 times that so that's... Which i can which i can remember very i can remember when we were first floating the idea just chatting about should we do a podcast should we finally do it and we gave ourselves three episodes. I think we said if it doesn't, if, if we, if we, it's not fun. If 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 nobody listens to it in three episodes, then we can knock it on the head and so be it. And here we are, 105 episodes later. Man, it is ridiculous, what? isn't it? It is utterly ridiculous. And let's just bring it on. I just love it. We're here to stay. We're here to stay. That is the overwhelming message from from all of this. And like we said, Rob Brown Red on all the socials, robbrownred at gmail.com. Thank you very much to Red 10 People Development for making this podcast happen. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you very much to Wrexham-based band Hypnotic as well for their music, the stings we use in the podcast. But sadly, today's musical outro will not be brought to you by Hypnotic. It's got to be another rendition of the best chant of all time, isn't it? So one time from the, from the top, join us if you know the words already. Rye, rye. Michael Hardy and Ryan. Rex of Essie is the best thing that's you play the money can buy. We're on the piss from a Sufflin to fly. Singing Rex of till I die. Layers out. See you next week. Thank you for your seat till I die. Michael Hardy and Ryan. Rex of was the best thing that you ever could buy. We're on the piss from Russell's and Clyde Singing Wrexham AFC till I die Wrexham AFC till I die It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.